Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 2nd, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 22. If you remember from yesterday, Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders. They don't understand why he isn't following them. But what Jesus understands is, I don't exist to serve you. You exist to serve me. And they refuse to open their heart, to open their eyes, and to admit and to embrace what is obvious when you look at the life of Jesus, when you listen to the message of Jesus, when you look at all the signs and wonders, the miracles that he performed. He gave them plenty of evidence to believe. But rather than believing, they have dismissed him. And in fact, they'd love to kill him. So yesterday he talked a couple of parables about this, and he's going to teach a parable today, again, to this same group, trying to open their eyes, trying to get them to to turn to him in faith and to follow. And he says there's a great banquet. A king throws a great banquet for his son. However, in verse 5, it says, the guests that were invited, they ignored the invitation. And they went one on their own way. One went to his farm, one went to his business. It reminds me of another place where one of the gospel writers says, one person said, I just got married, please excuse me. Another said, I just bought a piece of land, please excuse me. Another said, I just bought a pair of oxen, please excuse me. In other words, they're so caught up in the world, they're so caught up in their own agenda, they're so caught up in their own kingdom that they fail to recognize God has sent His Son. And He's inviting us into a relationship that He describes here as a great banquet, a relationship of celebration where we are reunited with God. And as we follow Him, He's leading Leading us into a rich and satisfying life, but they're missing it. And so now the king says, well, I'm going to throw the invitation open. I'm going to invite not just the Jews. I'm going to invite Jews and Gentiles. I'm going to invite rich and poor. I'm going to invite insiders and outsiders. Everyone is welcome into my banquet. Well, when that happens, guess what? The banquet hall is full, right? There are people everywhere. Well, watch what happens happens next. In verse 11, the king shows up at the banquet to meet the guest, and he notices a man there who's not wearing proper clothes for a wedding. And he says to the guy, how'd you get in here not dressed properly? And he actually throws him out. Now, what is that all about? Well, here's what it's about. In that culture, if you were invited to a, a banquet or a wedding feast or a big celebration like that, and you were not able to provide or to purchase the right attire. If you were poor and and you didn't have the right outfit, the right clothing that was appropriate for the banquet, well, the master of the banquet would provide that clothing for you. It's actually a picture of the gospel. So we don't have the ability 
in our own righteousness, our own works, our own holiness to earn or deserve a relationship with God, to deserve a place at his banquet. One has to be provided for us. Jesus came. He went to the cross, died and paid for our sin. His blood was shed to cover us and to wash us from all unrighteousness. So it's through our faith in Jesus. We've been clothed in his righteousness, and now we have a seat at his table in his banquet. What this guy represents is those who are trying to get into the banquet, those who are trying to get into heaven, those who are trying to get into a relationship with God based upon their works, their righteousness, their religious activity. And what the king says here is, you're not properly dressed. You've, you, and at the end of the day, we just have to recognize we could never do enough to deserve to be in the banquet with the king. And he knows that, but he loves us so much that he has made a way. He's done for us what we could not do for ourselves. But the challenge to these religious leaders is that really confronts their pride. Because they prided themselves in their religious activity, in their morality, in the law and keeping and knowing the law. They prided themselves and all of a sudden that is being stripped away from them. It's like Jesus is saying to them, none of that matters. These prostitutes and tax collectors are welcome in and all your works, all your striving, all your religion is not enough. You'll be thrown out. But again, this is good news because it takes the pressure off. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. I don't have to earn my way in. I just simply have to open my heart and receive that invitation to put my faith and trust in Jesus. Isn't that good? Well, then they're trying to trap Jesus. And so they asked him this question. Watch this, verse 17. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now I know we read this passage and sure wish Jesus would have answered differently. But here's what Jesus says. He said, I know your evil motives, you hypocrites. Why are you trying to trap me? He said, show me the coin used for the tax. Well, when they handed it to him, it was a Roman coin. And he asked, whose picture, whose title are stamped on there? They said, Caesar's. He said, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. Well, guess what? What he means by that is you are stamped in the image of God. So just like this coin has the image of Caesar, meaning it belongs to Caesar, in the very same way, we were created in the image of God, which means we belong to God. So let's give to God what belongs to him. Let's give him our lives. Let's live to honor our king who has invited us into the banquet and made it possible for us to have a seat at his table. Isn't that good? He is our king. We are made in his image. Well, then in verse 23, they ask the question, is there going to be marriage in the resurrection? 
Now, they're really debating whether it's a resurrection or not. But one of the ways that they're trying to settle this is if a man marries a woman and, and then he dies and she marries his brother and he dies and then she marries the other brother and on and on and on and marries seven, seven different brothers when she gets to heaven, whose husband, whose wife will she be? Well, Jesus says, you guys don't understand Scripture. When you get into heaven, there won't be any giving in marriage. See, marriage won't be needed in heaven because we will all be the bride of Christ. We will all be one. We will be united with Jesus. And so, and we'll be brothers and sisters in faith. And so marriage is a thing that's for this age in our time on earth. But in heaven, we'll all be family, and so we won't be given in marriage. Now, I do believe your spouse will be somebody that you are, you certainly know and are very close to and can spend all eternity living and doing life with, but your relationship won't be the same as it is on earth. You won't be married. You won't be having sex. You won't be reproducing in heaven. So in that way, your marriage dynamics would change, but you can spend all eternity being great friends. And I think that'll be true for our friends, our family, the people that we know and love, well, we're still going to know and love them in heaven and get to enjoy them forever, but we won't have the same kind of marriage relationship that we experience here on earth. Then final thing, verse 31, but now as to whether there is a resurrection from the dead, well, haven't you read about this in the scripture? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have died, God said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So God is the God of the living, not the dead. In other words, those guys are still alive today. So when they died, they went to be with the Lord, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And if they're alive today, then after we die through our faith in Jesus, we will live forever. I love what Jesus said in John 11, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. We will live forever. So here's, let me summarize what Jesus has taught us. Let's pay attention to what is obvious. His life his teaching, the miracles, the resurrection prove he is who he claimed to be. He's invited us into a relationship, an eternal relationship that really is a banquet, a celebration of his grace and generosity towards all of us. And listen, we don't have to pay or earn our way in. Jesus has made entrance possible for all of us. There is a seat at the table for you. And listen, when it comes to taxes, we got to pay our taxes. But more importantly, let's give to God what belongs to him. You were created in the image of God. So let's live to bless and to honor our king and to know that in eternity we will know and love our friends and family but we won't be married but we will get to enjoy each other and enjoy our king jesus forever and ever and ever the resurrection of christ proves that we too will be resurrected and we will live forever with him and each other for all eternity. In Jesus' name. Isn't that great? Come on, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for being such a generous king and inviting us into your banquet, making it possible for us to get an invitation and to be accepted and to have a place at the table. God, we are created in your image and we want to live for you. We want to live to glorify 
you. God, I thank you that my family and friends, my wife, my kids, that because of their faith, our faith in Jesus, we'll get to live together, enjoy one another, celebrate our relationships with each other and our relationship with you forever and ever and ever. Because you rose from the dead, because you defeated death in the grave, we too will live forever. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you so much, Lord. Hope that encourages you today. Man, remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.